Bonsoir, salut, we're back here in the rendezvous in Las Vegas. Vegas here. baby. Vegas baby. And it's actually interesting because we're here for the first time for a special event that happens every year in the United States, the NBA Summer League. Today we have the chance to host one of the most talented basketball player, obviously from France. <laughs> and he's going to be here to talk about his journey here in the United States as an NBA player, but also to talk about his college life back in the time. So please, everyone, welcome Joel Ayayi. Welcome, Joel. Hey, what's up, what's up? Thanks for having me. Hey, hey man, thanks, thanks for, for coming. Me. It's sick to Wait, be here. can someone explain me why he does not have an accent? Why, when I speak, I have such a thick accent? <laughs> That's yeah. what everybody tell me. When I tell people I'm from usually they don't believe me. How did you lose your accent? I think I still have it, but I just, uh, on the word that I use every day, you probably can hear it. But if you ask me to say a word like, more complicated like one, that yeah. I don't use like every day. I'll struggle to put like the emphasis, like emphasis. You the can emphasis. probably hear. yeah, you see, like, yeah. Yeah. you see, you can probably yeah. hear that. Yeah, so that's crazy. Be like, one of the things is when I tried to take like theater classes when I was yeah. younger, when I was a freshman, sophomore in college, just so I don't like you know trying to like lose this accent. But I, I just struggle too much. Yeah. And it's such a basketball thing, like basketball player when you play in a basketball team. <laughs> every like guy in your team has such a, like a strong American accent yeah. and speaks so much slang yeah. that you get very like used to it. Exactly. Like it's a lot of guys from the south, for example. Like when they speak, I can't even understand because they're like, <laughs> but then like the slang is like in the locker room, like. This is how we speak. So, uh, me, I just pick up expressions and words from like everybody, and I just make it my vocabulary. Really, was it was it was it hard for you to pick up on like American slang and like the English at first when you came Ye here? Uh, yeah, I, slang was like the easiest because that's what I hear every day when I hang around my friends. But to understand what it means and like to use it in the right like situations, that was a little, a little complicated at first. Because it's crazy. You said you came here like not too long ago and like I was expecting, you said you didn't really speak English when you came here. Yeah, like and I like, was. And now you're like, you're like completely fluent. Yeah, like That's I was like, I was a great student back in French, but yeah. the English that we speak here is like it's really very different. different. So I would just like, I would literally walk on campus with my hoodie and like head down <laughs> just to avoid conversation. I was like that like, ashamed of like my english yeah. but now you have to be good because like if you're you know if you're in, in a match like and they tell you to do something you can be like yeah wait what'd you say nah. oh <laughs> nah, 100 you back. have to like you have to be able to communicate with your teammates like with the people outside and like if coach says something you don't understand it it's like almost a red flag it's like okay, yeah he can't play so did you have like a hard time understanding what your coach was telling you and how did you deal yeah. with that yeah so um a bunch of time it's like okay i look at coach like and he understand, but the thing that I was lucky with is that we have a bunch of international players at Gonzaga. Okay. So they kind of know how to deal with us. Um, you know, my time we had a guy from Denmark, we had another French guy, a guy from Japan. So really people from all over the place, right, uh, yeah. you know, an assistant coach from Spain, another one from Italy. So the diversity really helped. Exactly. So because it's known to be that kind of school, uh, people around you adapt, you know, a little bit. So it makes it easier for us. And uh, this is also the reason why I commuted down there is because I knew that they had that um, international imprint. and This ethic. Yeah. Okay, good. No, that's, that's great. That's great. So before you go into Gonzaga, obviously, so you're from France. You're from the south of France. Uh, first time we're having a guest from, from, from there, Bordeaux. Yes, and uh, and uh, I mean, my whole family is from uh, Bordeaux. The lovely. city. The city. The city. That's, that's where it's at. Um, and uh, so, Jean, how was your experience like growing up in the south in Bordeaux? 
Um, what would you remember from, from there? Yeah, so I lived like maybe, you know, 15 minutes outside of uh, downtown, uh, but it was really like interesting because I would drive like probably like 40 minutes to 50 minutes because of traffic in the morning, you know, okay. to get to school. So like, you know, you, you get a pretty, you get up at like 6.30, you leave at like 7.30. It was me and my two siblings. I have twins that are like a year younger than me, so we would go basically to the same school. And so, yeah, you go and you drive like for like 40 to an hour, everybody is asleep in the car in the morning. And then as soon as you hit like downtown, everybody wakes up. And, uh, but yeah, it was cool. Um, Bar is really nice. I really like the city. I really like uh, the people down there. I think that it's one of the the They're best in France, to be honest. You see, so um, <laughs> I'm not the one saying. And it. like you know, I actually hear that a lot of people from Paris move to Bordeaux just because it's less crowded, less populated, and it's just like nicer and like the rhythm is also a little slower. You so know, it's, it's like not a better French Riviera to live in. You yeah. know? And there so. are a lot of opportunities there, like job opportunities, yeah. like you know, yeah. like it's it's an amazing place to uh, move, but also to go on vacation, yeah. um, especially because you have the beach not too far from there. Exactly. You have like the south of like Biarritz, also go. I did not say beach. <laughs> I, <said beige. laughs> I was like, wait, that was that close. was something. <laughs> I also got in trouble for uh, I, I need to like beach yeah. and not like yeah. but I feel like Americans are always being very nice when I say mispronounce it at least they're like here to help me yeah. so you mentioned your siblings yeah uh, I saw online that your siblings played basketball as well yeah um, your whole family's into it it's cool your yeah. whole family's into it your brother plays third division yeah uh, so now he plays first division now oh so. yeah he plays in like Portes so like okay Portes yeah like two and a half hour from home Okay. And my sister, my sister actually like played in a couple Olympics already. Like she's 28. She's big time. I saw yeah, that. She's yeah. She's the she's the main one really. Yeah. Did they That's have a, a big influence? On yeah, you? especially my older sister. Uh, she's like six years older than me, so she really was um, the person I would look up to. Um, just like she kind of did, we know, with my dad. For me, it was her mainly, uh, also and my dad. But you know, you just follow her. You just had to follow her footsteps. She really like paved the way for me. She went to Incep just like I did. And she's really the reason why I wanted to go to Incept that bad. So, yeah, but your dad, uh, your dad is a basketball player as well, yeah. right? So like, it's it's so funny that your whole family is in, yeah, is, is in basketball. It's it's so tough when your dad plays the same sport as you. Yeah, because you always compare yourself to yeah, and his expectations are always very high. My dad played soccer, football. My grandpa played professionally yeah. as well. So I've like it's always always so much expectation. Like you got to do this, you got to be better than that. Always going back in the car after games and always <laughs> like it's like trash. you know how parents goes always go like oh when yeah, I was yeah. your age you, uh, I used to do yeah, that. yeah but like like I know like I'm, when you get off from a game you're always super warm like like you just finished your mm -hmm. game so obviously you don't want to be wrong you're probably mad you're probably yeah. like overwhelmed. My dad didn't understand those things. Yeah. It was always like, damn, you sucked. And I was like, oh, come on, you can't tell me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Was that the same thing we did that? So for me, my dad was a little more like cool about it. But like, I would know early, you know, if I played well or not. You know, like you, you know, if you, you played know. well, if you don't. So you, you literally don't need anybody to tell you. But your dad, like you said, will tell you because he needs to like get it out of his system. So obviously, like for me, I think that early on I was like, Maybe like, I was taller and a little faster than everybody, so I had like I rarely had bad games like early on. But then you know like you get to like 14, 15 year old, and like everybody around you start getting better, and now you know there is more like bad games, and uh, this is when you know you sit down and like like you said like that like 30 minute drive you know back home you know when you sit in the car you know Just that you know at some point you your dad is your gonna on you know what's about to happen <laughs> you know that he's gonna talk to you about the two three mistakes that you made and uh i think this is also 
a big part of like you know like um, a father and son relationship uh, to be able to like it helps you grow up for you sure. know yeah to be able to like you as a, as a as a son to take the critics but also for him as a father to like learn how to tell you stuff without like right making you like upset or mad and like also mixing the good and the bad in order for you to grow as a person and a player so yeah for sure. uh, i literally had this crise d'adolescence but i don't have to think here in the us but because of soccer like i had like big fights with my dad but oh, anyway for real? I'm not yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but that happens that happens a lot it happens like, all the time but uh, i was like in the gym like a co like a month or so and like same thing like a dad and like a, a father were like getting into it so it's like it's yeah it always happens um you mentioned so you went to INSEP, yeah. which is in Paris. Yeah. So you lived in both Bordeaux and Paris. We, we're from Paris, so we know yeah. it. But what's what was your experience like living in Paris, yeah. being from a very different place? So I feel like I kind of got robbed of like my Paris experience because really? I was there in 2016, and it was when the terrorist attacks happened. Right. Yeah. So obviously, every you know the whole country kind of went in a little kind of like a lockdown you know like people don't go out as much like securities here it was a lot more. it was a lot slower to, for sure to and give a little background yeah. on the terrorist attack you're talking about uh you're talking about the theater the bataclan yeah like i was living like and also all a mile or two away in oh, wow. yeah. paris that yeah. happened in 2016 uh so sorry keep going but yeah like i, mean, I remember i was in the dorm and you can hear like the sirens going on. Yeah, and, I remember this. I was and, in the street when yeah. that happened. And like the Wi-Fi turned off at like 10, so you just put on like the little bit of like data that you have, and you're like, okay, I'll waste that data on that because you just want to know what's happening, and you you see like, you know, the cars like through the window, and like you can hear it because, like I said, I was living like maybe like a mile or two away from like one of the attacks, and so after that, obviously security is bigger, and like now to go out, you have to like. Your parents have to sign a paper for you to be out if you're not 18, which we weren't. So I, I, I felt you because my dad was in the stadium during France Germany, France Germany, no the way. St uh, Stade de France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I texted him because the first attack yeah. was uh, right during at the, the game. Yeah. Yeah, during halftime, remember yeah. there's a video of and you can um, hear the like what of the player literally yeah. stopped playing and he's yeah. like, what happened? Uh, the, they, yeah, they're literally playing soccer and you hear a boom and everybody stopped turning. And around then and everybody then, see the French president yeah. at the time, François Hollande. Uh, leaving yeah. the stadium, yeah. and everybody's like, "What's going on? Yeah. Something is something yeah, so happened." There's there a bomb good. at the French stadium, mm -hmm. and I texted my dad, and I was like, "Yo, like, did you know that mm -hmm. the bomb just like exploded? Because they don't have service." Yeah, in, the stadium, in there, yeah. Because there's too many people. Exactly. I told my dad, like, "Yo, like, there's a terrorist attack right outside the, mm -hmm. the stadium. Like, be careful." And that's when, at the end of the game, they told. Like don't leave the yeah, stadium. Everybody staying. And there. they went on the field. Yeah, everybody was on the field, and it's the same thing. Like nobody really knew exactly what was going on, but you obviously hear, you know, people next to you say stuff, and then, I mean. And you overthink. You start exactly. thinking. You're like, people start panicking, and then it's with like, bombs around us. Yeah. Like they probably got inside. It's yeah. time for them to like kill everyone. Yeah. So it was a tough time. So uh, your experience in Paris kind of were like yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't able to like uh, two years. Two years. I wasn't able to you know go out and like go like downtown every weekend and like explore but uh i still know paris quite well and like i think paris is really cool um i kind of get upset every time people go study abroad and you know they just go to paris and like they send me pictures oh dude i'm like yeah i wish i was there too but, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah paris is a nice city what's your uh, favorite place in paris uh i really like champs Elysees. Mm -hmm. just nice. like you know, no, <laughs> <laughs> a nice trip, you know, decent. where you can, you know, get food, you can shop, you can do a whole lot of stuff. You can, do, and you can, you can exactly, there. you can just spend an afternoon down there and like 
I just like that you can walk everywhere. Like you don't need exactly, to. Exactly. Like, yeah. You don't need to like logistically think like, oh, where's my car and you be there and then come back. It's just like yeah, you, take you just there's like two, or three like metro exit, you know, all the way. Yeah, so everything it's like, is like so much easier. Yeah, I wouldn't drive by the Champs Elysees. No, L'Etoile or hell, terrible. It's not bad. And then the huge like roundabout, like this is like L'Etoile. It's scary, but it's you figure it out. Yeah, I've done it a couple times. I've never done it. I don't. I don't like. I said I don't want to do it. So I just don't. Can you explain us what is INSEP? So I N S E P for the people that don't know what it is. So basically, it's a it's a huge like campus, like a closed campus, and uh, uh, it's a gathering of like the best like French athletes. You know, in every like sport. So for example, we had like for judo, like Teddy Riner would be eating oh, breakfast right Tony next Parker. to you. Tony Parker used to go there, but it's for for us basketball. It was between 15 and 18 year old. From yeah, a so bunch it's a school like, for athletes. Basically. Exactly, and it's paid from for by the government. So. Every federation, you know, send their their best athlete, and it's like nice facilities, uh, probably the best you know in the country. Yeah. Um, we had a chance to have school, the dorm, and the gym basically in the same campus. Okay. So it saves you, you know, all the travel. It saves you all the like um, little stuff that you know can bother you if you have to go places to do you all like the stuff. Like, you know, exactly. Exactly. So it's basically like everything made for you to be the most successful possible. Nice. Interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting. And now, uh, in the group of guy that you were hanging out and playing yeah. with, how are you guys like together? Because I know like every basketball player that I know, they're already so Americanized mm -hmm. before going to the yeah. US. Yeah. Then like me, for example, like they already let's start listening to American rap. Mm -hmm. They like already already yeah, know what's yeah, up yeah. over there. Yeah. Like, dude, I had no idea what the US was. Like mm -hmm. I told, I said it during the season one. Uh, I think this was with Pierre. Yeah. Like, dude, for me, like, the U.S. was only New York City. Like, I had no <laughs> idea the U.S. could be something like Canton, Ohio. Yeah, like the, yeah, yeah, no. And, but, like, people like you guys already kind of know what the U.S. is. So do you feel like yeah. you already kind of were American before going there or no? Yeah, so, like, basketball is a really, like, Americanized game just because of how... How big the NBA is. Yeah, like, you know, I feel like soccer is the opposite. It's really Europeanized because Very. the best soccer is in Europe. So, you know, the kids here, like, all they think about is, oh, going overseas, going overseas. Going and like, Europe. Yeah, making Europe. For us, it's the opposite. Like, the overseas kids want to be in the U.S. So, obviously, you know, you start listening to American music and you start, like, you watch games in American. Exactly. You want, you want to be as close as an NBA player as you can. And it starts early, like... I was probably like eight or nine, and I used to play with like a headband and like a little. Wrist, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you got to tell me that. I always watch basketball game, college or NBA. Mm -hmm. Why are they wearing armband? Arm sleeve. So like sleeve. Yeah. This is only for like style. Okay. Like, I wear one. It doesn't affect my shot in any way, but I just wear one because it looks good and it's cool. Um, the tights, same thing. Some people wear only one leg. Some people wear two. So yeah, to go back, it's just like. Basketball is such an Americanized sport that, like, for kids and us, like, all the teams, you know, like, I knew, like, a bunch of, like, cities in the U.S. thanks to basketball. Like, I knew that, you, you know, Boston the, yeah. was on the East Coast because, you know, I watched you Boston You teams play. and stuff. Like, yeah. I so no that also, like, that helped me a lot in terms of, like, knowing the U.S. a little bit more, yeah. So, so how was your move? when you moved to the US, because you only moved yeah. at 17 years old. It's funny, yeah, we yeah. all moved when we yeah. were 17. <laughs> 17 yeah. How was your experience moving to the yeah. US and where did you move at first? Oh, I, I moved to Spokane, Washington, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's like <laughs> a small city in like, uh, and by small city, I mean in the US, because yeah. like in France, it would be a, a normal city. But yeah. 
so it's in Washington and basically like all there is down there is like you know Gonzaga campus yeah um, downtown is, re is really cool and like the thing that helped me a lot uh, like I said as a 17 year old is like the community like the people right. down there are so genuinely nice and so ready to help each other which is something that you don't see in France uh, the support you know, environment like, is definitely yeah like, oh, like you know like in Spokane I would just walk and you know mind my business I'm going to A to B like I don't care who I'm walking by really if I don't know you I'm not going to say hi but uh, a couple of times that I look up you know it's a, it's a lady you know like smiling and saying hi or then it's a man doing the same thing yeah, the, the support community in the U.S. is a lot better. Like, people are here to help you. So, like, yeah. and especially in, in, like, in smaller cities, like in, in Spokane, as you said, like, yeah. they're just here. They're happy if you succeed. Exactly. Contrary yeah. to France. They're not jealous. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's that's one of the main difference. It's like, for me, it was really, really surprising. But it's also one of the reasons I chose, like, Gonzaga uh, because of, like, the proximity uh, that everybody has and how willing they are to help each other out. Like, like I said, the whole city knows that Gonzaga brings a lot of like foreign kids, you know, and right. they are all like really welcoming. They all understood our struggles. So, and they like, you know, welcomed it with open arms and they made us feel like, you know, everything was okay. Everything was fine. Every It's always people, you know, asking, do you need help? Do you need this? How can I, you know, help you? Do you want to come over for lunch? Do you want to come over for dinner? Like for Christmas time, for example, we yeah. don't have to, we have games, so we don't go home. Uh, that's so, tough when you're 17. Exactly. And, like, people invite you over for lunch. People invite you over for dinner. And, like, they do it. They don't get anything in return. But for us, it means so much because it's like, dang, I was about to spend Christmas by myself. It's almost like, you yeah, like you're now you're having, a, like, a second family here in the United States. 100%. That's it. Like, I know that every time I go to Spokane, I'm covered. Like, yeah. the people down there are so nice. It's fine. And that doesn't matter if you play well or if you play badly. Like, it's generally about the person that you are. Yeah. And, like, that's why for me, like, every time I can go back there, I go back, and if I can help anybody, you know, now I'll help anybody because I was helped so much, and, like, they really helped me become the man and the person I am, so. So they helped you, like, they supported you uh, socially, right? Yeah. So because, because it's so hard... Uh, to come to a new country, especially when you're like you're underage and yeah. you can't really do anything, yeah. uh, it's it's really good to like not because your family wasn't here. You moved here by yourself. No, yeah, I moved here by myself. Like, and I'm the first year I moved in with like two suitcases, you know. Yeah. And then it's like your whole life is in there. Yeah, you, you have to like get like a phone bill now, and you gotta go to like you know whatever company to get yeah, like, the to phone data, and, and it's like. At 17, like, now you have to, like, act like if you are, like, basically 20 in France, you know. Uh, but other than, like, you know, the community and the college town, like, how was the college life? Because, like, you were, like, you were pretty, the star of the college. You were the star, <laughs> yeah. one of the stars of your team at Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that people recognized you. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think for me, again, as a French person, like, you don't seek any of the attention. Like, me personally, I was always kind of, like, you know, hood up and just like trying to not see anybody or not be seen at least, I guess, uh, just because I don't really like the attention. I don't really like the fact that uh, people would know my business or like stuff like that. So uh, that was, I guess, the only downside of it is that people know you. So you go to a restaurant and it's like people will people will see what you do. People will like, you know, peek at you and all that, uh, which is normal, but it also comes with it, you know, like, again, like, those guys, like, support you every time, and it just comes with the job. Um, you know, if you are, like, a 
high-level college athlete and the whole city is rooting for you, which you love when you play basketball. You love that the whole city is reaching. Yeah. So then you also have to understand that, yes, when you go to a restaurant, maybe some people will recognize you and you just have to be okay with it. Um, have you ever got scared of the cancel culture? I feel like you have to. Like, for me, for example, like, I can't tweet whatever I want. People do sometimes. And they get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like me, I can tweet whatever I want. I can put on Instagram whatever I want because of... Be very uh, careful of your own person. Like yeah. It, it becomes like your name and you become a brand. Yeah. And exactly. And just like any other brand, you have to be careful of your of your reputation. 100%. Because as you said, the beautiful part about Spokane and Gonzaga is the support system. Yeah. So like if the support system doesn't like you anymore because you did something wrong, then... Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's why like it's something stupid, but like... For an athlete to post like something on Twitter, for example, about politics, like religion, anything yeah. like that, whoa! Because of the whole like audience that they have, it's gonna take like way more like it's gonna have way more value than if it's like you know somebody that has like 200 followers. You're and representing way more life. than just yourself here. You're exactly, and like then friends, Gonzaga, your team, like your family, everything. So. Obviously, this is something that you have to be careful about. Um, and I think, I think, I think there's more to it. Is because like because this country is so divided between like these two parties. Um, sports is one place where people like yeah. kind of get together, yeah. no matter what their political yeah. like political beliefs are. So like if they gather around you, like if they find this one niche where they they all love yeah. you or the team or you know the the the, the, the yeah the team, um, and then you post. Politically, yeah, then you it. you break yeah. that you break the break that they found. That's, that's, that's it. Right so here. I think I think that's what it is. They just want an escape because like it's so politics is is terrible in this country because it's like these two very mm. separate. Yeah, but do you think that politics should be part of sports? Because I know like the NBA is very involved in like politics and for yeah. example like the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, uh, to me it's like okay. At the end of the day, like no matter what industry you work in, people are human beings. Like at yeah. the end of the day, my vote, your vote, whatever is worth the same. No matter how many followers, no matter what I do in life. So, why would me, for example, with I don't know how many followers, not be able to express what I feel on Twitter or like on Instagram, while you know this other person would like whatever, whatever can't do it just because they work. And different I'm nine to five, and I and I'm an athlete. And this is why sometimes it's hard to have a following because at the end of the day, you feel like every human being is supposed to be like equal. Yeah. But we can't do things that other people can do. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. No. And like you know, the 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 hard issue is that at the end of the day, everybody should be able to say whatever they want to say. But yes, when you have a following and people, you know, like they're talking like people are like more than an athlete, and it's like it's true, like. An athlete is often put in like a box, which is you only play sport. Like, I only want to hear about you when I watched you on TV. That's all. I, after all, than that, I don't want to hear about you. Basically, like all I know is that you're here to entertain me, and that's it. I go to your game, you play well, and that's it. And you know, more and more athletes are speaking up on it because they believe that they are way more than that, I, which it, we are. You can be more than that. I mean, you know, Kobe is like the perfect example. It was more like he was a role model yeah. and not necessarily, even for people, I mean, even me that know nothing about basketball, <laughs> like I knew Kobe and I knew his like work ethic and yeah. I knew how he was. And like in that, like you guys have an insane work ethic, like as athletes, like you work so hard and like you, you practice so hard. And like, it's something that I think is really important to trickle down to other people. So like you can, they can learn a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
So yeah. you are, I, I believe that you guys are definitely way more than just athletes no. and entertainers. A lot of people see you as entertainers. Yeah. I think you're more than that. Yeah, 100%. And it's like people are, are mad when we voice our opinion. But it also the same thing for like actors. Like if yeah. an actor like voices opinion, like his whole fan base is going to be divided now. Right. So for us, it's almost like tricky. Like it's tricky to like, you know, answer like those tough questions. For sure. How, how do you help these moments of frustration when, when you're by yourself and you're like, you know, it's like, I feel like mad that this is happening. Do you have some type of like therapy that you're doing yourself? Do you go towards religion? Like what yeah. do you do? Um, for me personally, it's definitely a religion. Um, I think it's just like, obviously everybody got their own, but uh, a lot of time that's the good thing about playing a, a team sport. You know, you always have like two or three teammates that you really, really like can talk to yeah. about anything uh and like again like this trickle down again back to the subject of like going wherever we went at 17 it's like for us too for example with the team sport it kind of gives you like a couple like friends like right away from the get-go you don't have to like go out of your way too much to yeah. like find friends and that helped me a lot too like at first all i was oh, the only people i was talking to was my teammates and yeah. i'm like okay i have like 10 to 12 like solid friends like that I can just go to, ask questions. Imagine if I was like just a regular like student, like then you have to like go talk maybe to classmate because then you really know nobody. You really yeah. start at like zero friends. Me, I had a chance to start with 10 friends. Some of them were like senior in college, junior or sophomore. That helped, you know, really. But uh, to go back, yeah, for me, uh, either I go talk to my teammates, my friends, or I just go to a religion and then I'm just on my own, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. I knew that. Oh, you just mentioned religion. Um, my first two is I went to like a Christian team uh, and that really helped me being with like um, like Christian guys because like the purpose was just way more of just playing soccer. We just had a bigger picture. It was also way more about the human than like yeah. the soccer player. They were always making sure that I was okay. Um, and even praying sometimes uh, felt good. Like so you can talk to someone and you know be, get, get closer um, to God. And it's funny because I grew up with... Uh, an atheist dad and a Christian mom so yeah. I really had this conflict that I'm kind of still doing having right now yeah I'm, I'm, I'm playing with the, like public school so when I mean now we don't we don't talk about God yeah. uh, but sometimes it feels great to talk to mm -hmm. someone uh, so uh, now the NBA it's a topic that like of course everybody wants to hear yeah. about yeah. Uh, you were undrafted in 2021 yep but you still ended up playing uh, for the Lakers and they're they're Gillick. so how was yeah. that experience so it was like It was pretty interesting. Um, going undrafted by signing with the Lakers, which is like maybe the most famous team in the league, was really, really fun. I get the chance, you know, to be around like my favorite player, LeBron James. So that was really nice. Uh, and wow. then ended up going to Washington, uh, which is, again, totally different. Uh, the rosters are different. The people you're around is different. The city is different. Uh, the attention that is put on a Lakers player is different than a Wizards player, obviously. So it was fun. And then, you know, playing in the G League, just being able to basically like be in a like development league and just uh, work on, on my game, work on myself with scouts watching, you know, the whole year was also fun too. I think it's part of the process. It's part of the grind. And uh, here I am today, you know, just still on that grind. But uh, Do you think I, LeBron James is the GOAT, by the way? Because I know you said Yeah, that. I believe so. <laughs> to, so me, to me, it's, yeah, for so, sure. So LeBron, the boy, Michael Jordan? Yeah. Wow, interesting. Easy, easy. Interesting. To so, me, yeah. uh, so keep going after you went to the, the Wizards. But yeah, and uh, it's like the development league. Like so, the G League. Uh, it's basically like so. 28 team out of 30 have won. 
uh, and it just allowed like players young or not, you know, to like stay in the NBA mold, you know, and stay under the eyes of all the scouts because, again, like when you play well in the G League, there's a good chance that either the same team is going to call you up or somebody else will call you up. So this is basically like, you know, we're talking about um, MLX Next Pro. This is basically the same thing. You know, this is a league for uh, mainly the young guys to develop and have playing time if they can't have the playing time. And get experience also as well. Yeah. Yeah. MLX Next Pro is the second division, by the way, of soccer here in the United States. And G League is as well the second mm -hmm. division. Yeah. Um, and now, like we're in Vegas at the Summer League 2022. Yeah. Uh, and they say 2K23 yeah. the thing. I still don't understand why, but I guess that's the way it is. Money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sponsorship, you know. Money, money, what a big It's kind of like the, the new cards, like 2023 cards. I'm like, it's always video, yeah, it's no. with video games too. Yeah. So like FIFA, yeah, it helps. FIFA they just want to be ahead. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess you want to be in Taking the future. Taking a head start, you know. <laughs> uh, and now we do with uh, Atlanta Ox. Yeah. Okay, you uh, played, a, like you started yesterday, played very well, by the way. Yeah, it was a good game. with the invites. What do you expect? from that Summer League, what do you want to do? Obviously, you want to be signed, yeah. but what are the goals here? So, again, Summer League is just a great way for us, especially young guys, like, to go and showcase your skills. Uh, it's like two, three months away from the season, so you can show, you know, everybody what you've been working on uh, and, you know, just show that you're improving, that you got better and that you listen to the feedbacks that you had during the whole year. Uh, so it's always a really, really important um, time of the year for like all the guys that you know went undrafted or like that are on the verge of getting a contract uh it's a lot of guys it's like 30 teams 15 players a team so 450 guys fighting for probably like you know to be honest like 25 spots like there's probably 25 yeah. spots in the league right now are you, are you close with these guys that you're literally in competition to become like so you obviously like hear of everybody, you know, during the year, a bunch of guys playing in the G League, a bunch of guys played overseas or like just come out of college. So uh, you kind of know everybody, at least by name. But yeah, at the end of the day, everybody's fighting for like a few awesome. spots. And like if you divide those 25 spots, it's probably five spots at the point guard position, five spots at the center position. So and you have to think of the guys that are not playing Summer League because they think that they're, you know, a little close. Like, so it's a whole lot of people fighting for a whole lot of, like, I mean, a little, little opportunities. Like it's, like I said, 25 spot would be nice to say what, that. What kind of competition is it? Is it like a toxic competition or is it kind of like a... Or healthy. Yeah, was it a healthy uh, competition? I'll say both, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Depends on people. People's lives are on the line. So some people will not play a little dirty, but some people will, like be a little more selfish, you know, it's in some plays in the basketball, you know, you need to do that one pass, but you won't do it because you want to be the one making the play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that would be kind of like the toxic part, but in the same time, it's also like, it has to be healthy because otherwise, Everybody no, look bad. Everybody look bad. Yeah. So and again, in those like twenty five spots, nobody's looking for a guy who's going to be a superstar. People are looking for players that are going to do you know the dirty work. That are not that are you know going to do those passes that they are looking for. That are going to like work hard in order to complement those main players that are already on the roster and yeah. making like millions. So uh, making like tons of millions. You know? <laughs> Eventually, so, like, you get yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, this way, I think it's a little tricky. Uh, it's healthy and unhealthy. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think like me, for example, last year where I struggled was like I was a little too healthy. I was a little too nice. You were too nice. I was a little too much like, oh, like it's fine. I can't pass the ball, for example. The ball is going to come back to me at some point. No, the ball don't no, come back wasn't. to you. <laughs> like you can ask anybody that knows basketball. Summer League is a place where 
people just get their shots up, you know, people just do their things because everybody's trying to showcase themselves. Interesting. Well, Joel, obviously you're French. I am. So Tim is. We so I think it's a good time to learn some French and some French 101 time. This is some Let's French 101. French 101. You're you going to test my French skills too. <laughs> it's my, been a minute you haven't yeah, been back home. You exactly. said three years, right? Yeah, three years. Yeah. So, uh, Obviously, there's different dialects uh, and different accents uh, in France. We yeah. have the one in North, we have the Parisian one, we have the one in the South, and you're from the South. So yeah. uh, we're going to talk about some expressions that you use in Bordeaux yeah. that yeah. we did not use in France. And it's like only around Bordeaux, which yeah. is very localized. It's very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very localized. So for example, the first one that I'm going to start with is the huge debate. Yeah. How would you call a chocolate croissant? I was saying chocolatine every I, day of the week. I yeah, mean. see Parisian. Oh, you lived in Paris, so you should you should, yeah, you should yeah. know. But like we say, un pain au chocolat. Un pain au chocolat, yeah. which is like chocolate bread. Yeah. And yeah, for us, it's like a huge fight between the North and the South. Yeah. Pain au chocolat and chocolatine. But again, not the chocolate croissant. Please, if you're nah, yeah, from a different is, place. That is, yeah. Just speak, <laughs> that's, that's just not it. That's just pick one of the two. Uh, another one, team. What do you think of? There's one that like that I love is like when you when you go to a grocery store and you ask for a, a bag. Yeah. How in, do you call that? In push. I'm, yeah. In push, I, yeah. How do you call that in push when the push is literally like this? In push is <laughs> like the Parisian trans, uh, translation of in push is like a pocket. Yeah. But yours is like like a shopping yeah, bag. For, yeah, exactly. Un sac. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, un sac. It is funny because now even me, like I haven't said the word in a while, but like obviously saying like in push for like Asak is kind of crazy, but yeah. it's just what we're raised to, you know. That's when what I was when you to. went to Paris, did you say in person like people looked at you a little weird or? So a couple of times, yes, but then like obviously after two years, I'm like, okay, I have to adapt. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, if you come to Bordeaux, I get beat up if I'm ex- You know, if you go to Bordeaux and you don't say chocolatine, I'll look at you funny. So I go to your city, I'll, I'll adapt to you. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice, nice. The one that like stresses me out the most, and I always go almost every year in Bordeaux. Is the one, um, it's um, Gavi. That's that's the one that's like, when that's you think of Gavi, Bordeaux, yeah. Gavi. Yeah, that's the uh, Gavi means like, uh, c'est trop, genre c'est yeah, trop, it's like a lot. Yeah. Like it's a lot. Uh, c'est yeah. Gavi bien. Yeah. Like, like you, for example, Gavi means, like, if you'll take the word as it is, Gavi means like, Gavi les oies. Yeah. So when you Gavi les oies, it's basically you put you like, feed a, them. you feed them. That's yes, when you're like over, like feed them, basically like stuff them until they have like, like stuff, no stuffing, more, yeah. exactly. Get yeah. them stuff. Yeah. So you stuffing a duck. Yeah. Stuffing a duck in French from Bordeaux means, oh, it's a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. which kind of makes sense. But I'm like, yeah, wait, why the hell do you guys come up with that? <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm not the one that came up with it, but I'm like so happy and so proud of that expression. You're like, proud of it? Is, He's proud of it. No, that's good. This is just like, this is I mean, us. You like be. when you think of Bordeaux, like Gavé, like this is, I'm just thinking the amount of time where I was just saying like, yeah, like c'est Gavé bien, like c'est Gavé, it's just like, that's the it's word that we, exactly. That's the word that you use like all the time for no reason. Yeah. And it's like, it happened. How do people in Bordeaux call like like a little kid, like a kid, like because I know my grandparents they use it all the time. Tell they always me. call me oh les drôles. Les drôles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that we do that too for sure. And it's funny because um, obviously I was one of them. I never called nobody like that, but like I was the one getting called like that. We're too young but to yeah, yeah, like yeah. use the word drôle yeah. on, on other people. But yeah, and like me, like now I go back home, I would never use it. But like this is the type of thing, like when you like make fun of adults and you're a kid and you're like speak like them you would say like oh les drôles you know you would actually make fun of the <laughs> like adults for saying that so, so yeah. les drôles drôle means funny so they call yeah. kids the funnies the funnies yeah, exactly the, yeah, the funnies. funnies um there's one that uh, it's like an expression that 
I heard that I think is so funny. It's like when you say, let me take you somewhere, we say, laisse-moi t'amener quelque part. And you say, you tell me. <laughs> like the, my friends that were from Bordeaux said, je t'apporte quelque part. Je te porte quelque part. Ouais, je te porte, ouais, okay, yeah, yeah. Instead of saying like, instead of saying like, I'm bringing you somewhere, it's like, I'm carrying you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I it's mean, like get on my back, I guess. <laughs> that's to me. I don't even know how it would happen because that's literally like vocabulary. That's yeah. not even a word that yeah. we invented. Like Gave, it's just like Gave. You invented. Yeah, it. yeah. It's like Drôle exactly. Same. Yeah, but like this is really like it's almost like one is good French and one is not good yeah. French. Technically, like technically, like you don't say like je te porte que no. this is not good French. <laughs> it's like just hop but on my back. Let's exactly. Go, let's go to yeah. You don't say I'm gonna carry you that way. But look, since I'm from Bordeaux, like, like I'll, I'll rip it for sure. Yeah. So so these were words and expressions, mm -hmm. right? But there's also a big difference in the pronunciation. Yeah. So like you have a like like the Bordeaux accent is like almost the same except yeah. when it comes to like some letters. Like the so southwest like, one. Yeah. yeah. So like pink, for example. How do you say pink? Pink. Yeah. Like the the oh, fruit, like rose, the rose. Yeah, you say rose. Rose. Rose, rose, yeah. rose. rose. We say rose. It's like yeah, no, I would never say that. Yeah, that's the, like yeah, like. <laughs> can uh, can like, you do your best Bordeaux accent if you speak? Can you do a good Bordeaux accent? I don't speak French enough for that. <laughs> like, I'm. I only speak French when I'm on the phone with my parents. Like, otherwise I type it maybe when I text. Yeah. But uh, I haven't like spoken French like as a first language like for like two days in a row, for example. Yeah. In like forever, like. Uh, like even when my siblings visited like a couple weeks ago, like I mix French and English all the yeah, time. Yeah, English. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, don't, I mean, I don't know a really good Bordeaux accent, but like yeah. Rose. Rose. Yeah, well, it's like, like all the O's are different. Like as you say, like we say, like oh, if we palm, 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 and palm. Like the for the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would say like what? Palm. In palm. Yeah, I would say like la palm. La, la palm de main. Which sounds so you like can, an so apple. So you right. can. You can. Yeah. Just like slightly different yeah. words. Like uh, like the O's are different. Like as you say, like funny. Yeah. You would say it's drôle, and you yeah. say it's drôle. Oh, yeah, drôle. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> me, I would never like drôle. This is just weird. So it's to mostly me. the O's. Yeah. It's mostly yeah. mostly the O's. But yeah, no, the the Bordeaux French and the Persian French is different. Also, the word like sadai. Like, yeah. what the hell is Sadai, uh, which means like Sakran, which means yeah. like it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but anywho, so now we're done with the learning French. Uh, there's also a lot of people this summer that are going to France or they're like other times during the year. Uh, and a lot of people are going to Bordeaux because uh, yeah. it's uh, one of the biggest city there. Uh, what are your three recommendations of places to visit there? So number one, I would say Miroir obviously. Miroir just okay. It's just like... Nice place for kids. Kids love it. Uh, even like to walk around and to be around for adults, it's really fun. It's really cool. They're, like you don't have to worry about anything. What about um, the second one? Grand Théâtre, ouais. Grand Théâtre. Uh, pareil, ça c'est uh, c'est la vibe est totalement différente du Miroirdo. Mais si tu veux, si t'es un touriste en fait et okay. que tu vas, tu veux te balader tranquille. Uh, le Grand Théâtre c'est vraiment cool et puis ça va mener à mon troisième je viens de penser je sais pas comment j'ai oublié mais la rue Sainte-Catherine la, ouais, la, la rue Sainte-Catherine Sainte Sainte Bordeaux tu penses à la rue Sainte-Catherine bah, c'est oui, ce qui est le plus proche entre guillemets de, des champs Élysées c'est la plus longue rue piétonne d'Europe ou un truc du genre peut-être c'est vrai je crois ouais, donc, tu vois, donc, moi euh... je crois que c'est ça en plus tu vois j'ai oublié parce que ça fait longtemps ça réduit mon numéro je te jure ça réduit ma première you guys also have like a lot of cool stuff like right outside the border right like there's like Dune du Pilat yeah Dune du Pilat you can go like Saint-Emilion pour le vin tu peux aller à Lacano c'est à 30-40 minutes pour faire du surf Café Ré c'est pas loin donc il y a vraiment genre on a vraiment de chance parce qu'on est juste à côté de l'eau c'est très riche c'est pas voilà, que Bordeaux. Exactement. C'est ouais. un peu. Il euh, y a beaucoup de landscape. Il y a différents landscapes. Tu vois, genre, 
tu peux aller dans une, comme tu dis, Saint-Émilion, tu vas avoir des vignobles à droite, à gauche, partout. Tu vas avoir les châteaux, tu vas avoir tout ça. Euh, si tu veux aller à la plage, tu peux aller à la canne tranquille. Tu peux... Donc, tu as vraiment, vraiment beaucoup, beaucoup de choses. Ouais. C'est very diverse. La... Ouais, la... Exactement. La diversité, elle est plutôt cool. Et puis aussi, il y a, la... il y a le fleuve de la Garonne. Donc, ah, tu as des... des bateaux, tu as des restaurants sur le bateau. Now, now he's going. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, and, and, yeah, ouais, we got him started. Now, 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 Et l'expression, c'est le pompon sur la Garonne. Le pompon sur la Garonne. Aussi, un monument, tu sais, c'est un monument. Le lion de Stalingrad, je ne sais pas si vous connaissez. C'est un grand lion bleu, tu vois, Stalingrad. Les Girondins, cool. c'est même euh, devant. Ouais. Les Girondins, c'est voilà. à l'époque, le stage à Mondelma, c'était une. Uh, RIP, RIP, uh, Girondins Bordeaux, which is the soccer team, team over there. Uh, they'll come back, they'll come back, they'll come back. But no, uh, Joël, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much, bro, for merci. coming. Uh, it was nice for you to share like your story and also like you being for in sure. France, you being in the US. Do you have any last word uh, that you want to add before we close today's episode? Uh, not really, you know, just thanks for having me. It was fun. It was cool. Do uh, you, yeah, no, of course. Do you want to share your social media for people to like, like uh, follow yeah. you? You know, on Instagram, just Joel Ayayi and uh, I think Twitter, I, I think it's like Joel underscore Ayayi. <laughs> but I don't go on we'll Twitter that much. We'll yeah. find it. Yeah, We'll exactly. find it for you. But yeah, and uh, I'm not on TikTok, so. Yes. Soon, soon. Yeah. Why not, right? I used to. <laughs> 2020. Too much time, too much yeah. time on TikTok. But yeah, thank you for coming. Good thanks. luck with everything. Good luck thanks, with your NBA you. Summer League and stuff like that. Congrats on moving because like I know thank like you. we, we lived it. Congrats to you too. Yeah, we're, yeah, we we're making it. it. So. We're making That's Merci it. frérot, thank you brother. Merci, thank you okay. very much. Uh, au revoir, thank you guys for watching and uh, stay tuned for the next episode next week on the rendez-vous. Ciao ciao. Ciao, ciao. bye.